Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Okay, so welcome everyone to uh, the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast, and with uh, one of our first uh, guests here, uh, Hendra Hendrawan. And I'm excited to talk to you and I'll get to know you a little bit more and uh, learn a little bit more about your relationship to, to mentorship, uh, education, and uh, yeah, sharing um, some of the impact that you're having in the world. So I would love it if you started uh, the conversation by, by telling the audience about yourself. So, Luki, thanks for having me. I'm excited and uh, love to share something that I have learned from CYke. First of all, love the book. And I think uh, everyone who is looking to further advance their career or grow in terms of their personal uh, or professional life, they should really, really have a look at it. I appreciate that. So to that. start with, uh, with me, I was born in Indonesia. So that's where I came from. Mm-hmm. Pretty much up to today, I spent half and half of my life. Half of them were in Indonesia and half of, half of them is here. Um, so and what were you much, like? As, what were you like as a kid, Hendra? Were you were you kind of a a shy kid, a, a, an outgoing kid, sporty kid? It looks like you have some uh, tennis rackets for those who are going to be watching this on video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, I was uh, I was quite reserved. So I was a little shy, and and I guess I was only at the beginning because after a while, I mean, I started to talk a lot, and uh, hopefully, whatever I'm talking about is useful and it's good for this podcast. I picked up tennis a while back, and uh, the story is that I, I'm, I'm lazy, to be honest with you. Right? So I always look for something that can help me get things done. I leverage a lot. The reason why I picked tennis is because I need something that, uh, that has the indoor component and the outdoor component. So that gives me an excuse to go out. And the second thing is I always need something that uh, keep me excited. So in a way, in Canada, we have the, uh, the Rogers Cup. So we always get news about what's going on. And it, it's a way to, uh, to give me the, uh, the push to continue playing tennis. And the last one is the commitment. Because with tennis, you can just not show up and leave it for another day because other people will, will be waiting for you. So I use those factors to keep me uh, motivated to stay in the sport. That's cool. And you mentioned a little bit that you were uh, shy and, and a little bit introverted and then and then you started talking a lot. Like, how, how did that happen? Is, is there a kind of a moment where that happened or just naturally occurred or like what, what was going on there? I, that's an interesting question. I haven't really pondered upon it, but then I realized that uh, at, at some point, you build rapport, so you, you kind of know the people around you. And once you know you, the people around you, uh, usually you get comfortable. I got comfortable. When I got comfortable, uh, I guess it's my nature of, uh, I always have a way of picking up issues and problems. And if I, if I find a problem, I usually share my, my view on the solution. Not always right, but a lot of time I feel compelled to share what, uh, to share what I know. So some of that rapport has to be there. Like you actually, 
have to know the people a bit before you start uh, talking a lot because I know a lot of people have a misconception of what uh, introversion is. It's it's really people who get energy from a small group of people, right? Mm-hmm. So when you have that rapport and when you get to know them, like introverts can actually be quite talkative <laughs> and, and actually have a lot of, lot of information to share. Uh, it's just sometimes it, it takes a bit of uh, time or a little bit of uh, relationship needs to be built first in order for that to happen. Is, is, was that kind of the case? Because in uh, the circles that I know you as, you, you seem to be pretty outgoing, right? Uh, I wouldn't have pegged you as an introvert, uh, at least at, at, at the beginning. You seem to be connecting with people and doing that. And, and was that something you developed over time or, or is that natural? Uh, I have to say something I've developed over time. The reason why I say it is because I believe there was a couple of moments which I don't really, I don't exactly remember when. Those are the moments when I feel like being, being a reserve is not going to help you in, uh, in your career. It depends right. on what you want. If, assuming if you, if you are a person who would love to just sit at home, you are, you are a very research-oriented person. If your work has to do it, uh, reading a lot of material and writing it up, I guess it's not going to affect you that much. But then, if if you're looking to to grow into uh, into a career where you really have to go out and meet people, I think mm-hmm. it become a necessity for you to actually uh, get uncomfortable. So it was a lot of not a lot. It was quite a a number of uncomfortable moments where I actually push myself. So I'm not really an, an extrovert because people get energy from being around with people. Mm-hmm. For me, after a while, I really need my personal time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I just uh, put that into, I just put that into, um, in a way that this is what I have to do. It's part of my, my professional life. And I just have to get out and talk to people and network. So you mentioned that you grew up in Indonesia and then you came over to, to Canada and, and you did so as, as an international student. Can you, can you walk us a little bit through that transition and that journey? Sure. So I was, uh, I completed my high school in Indonesia. At that time, For I guess I got lucky that my, my parents decided to, to uh, send me here to Canada. Mm-hmm. I... I had an uncle here. Now I have an uncle here, but then he uh, he retired and he moved to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. So, and he also had a lot of influence on my career and finance, financial life. Mm-hmm. And he did his MBA, so I kind of uh, take the cue that I I should do that too, in a way. Uh, so the journey started when I completed high school. So I came here. So it was quite a different uh it was what's really different is that i no longer have the friends and the and the network and and all these what i call the uh your social capital that support me right so that that became an issue uh it i um, when i was in high school it was easy to to get things that I like. For example, if you want to get something, it's not available, call up some people, they'll hook you up. So when okay. I came, I realized that I didn't have all that. So I started building all the social capital uh, when I came here. And so I spent 
uh, three years in the university. I came to York University. It was uh, it was quite a learning moment. And then I graduated. I actually went back and did uh, another degree in IT, just so that I could learn a little bit about the business side of IT. And then eventually, I ended up doing my MBA, which uh, completely put me into the uh, business role. I learned a lot about uh, the business world as a result. Cool. And I'd love to pick your brain a little bit about that whole transition because a lot of the yeah. folks that I speak to are international students. Um, okay. or, and so there's a couple of things in that transition is, is one, like how big did, did English play a role in that? Like, did you learn it uh, before when you were in Indonesia and how was kind of getting into that? Uh, and then mm-hmm. uh, that, that whole uh, kind of building of social capital, like, how did you start that and, and how did that um, kind of take place? Okay. Um, we, first of all, I think social capital is important. Well, I did not think it's that important, but then uh, in hindsight, it's really important. Uh, I can share with you one secret is that uh, being 20 plus years in Canada, I have never got a job from applying. I got interviews, but most of uh, my employment has come from people that uh, I have built a relationship with. So professional networking, acquaintances, uh, and so on and so on, or volunteer uh, volunteer opportunities. Now, English, uh, it's not really English. I think communication in general it's really important. So okay. because uh, in general, we speak English here. So that means uh, it's, it's important that you have, you can uh, speak well, not, you don't have to be like Barack Obama or anything, but sure. you should be able to, to communicate in ways that, that uh, people can understand you. So for me, it was, um, it was a barrier. It was a barrier for me to actually being productive at work or to actually advance my career or simply to just uh, to to just, you know, have an effective communication with people around me. So if you are an international student, I think one of the uh, one of the things that you need to put a lot of emphasis on is emphasis on is, is actually improving your English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still struggling from time to time, and I put quite an effort to to get it to where I can be able to communicate today. I still have a long way to go. No, I mean your English is great. I, I'm sure everyone listening can understand I, you quite well. So yeah, thank you. And I think in Canada, people are kind. They tolerate accents a lot, mm-hmm. and especially in Toronto, we have such a great. Uh, a great city and and it's the diversity is amazing so people feel uh people don't feel that much alienated alienated when they don't speak english well mm-hmm. yeah now, so, mm-hmm, go ahead i was just gonna say that the lesson sounds like uh just get out there and, and speak and and people will be kind uh i mean there's always that one person who isn't but uh, uh <laughs> like for the most part uh people will will, will be helpful and uh yeah the, the only way to improve is, is to do it and, and to practice a little bit more so so that's great so uh now uh if you kind of walk us through you, you you've gone through school 
uh, you're entering the working world uh, and you've navigated kind of that, like what was your kind of thoughts, hopes, dreams, or aspirations of you getting into the working world? Uh, and then, and then later on, you mentioned you, you decided to do your MBA. So, so what is kind of that uh, connecting those two points? I see. So I guess um, the way I look at it is um, a lot of people like to do everything in one shot. For example, they, they've done the high school, they immediately went to the university and, and right after that, they enroll into a postgraduate, postgraduate school. I think that's, that's good if they already know what they want. So in my case, I was a little bit of, uh, I explore a lot. I explore a lot. I mean, there are times where I had no idea what I wanted to do. So what I learned is that you you really need to know your why, but then if you don't know your why, it's not that bad either. So I, I tend to take it one phase at a time. So when I went into the university, I knew my, my English wasn't that great. So I enrolled in computer science because that it's probably one of the major that required the less <laughs> essay writing in the entire program. I only had one social science course and one humanity course. So that was, uh, to me, that was amazing. Right. And, and then after I graduated, I found a job. So I spent a number of years in, in hardcore IT, which I did a lot of tech support. I built servers and, and pretty much do all the, the technical stuff. Then I realized that after a while, it's not, I needed to grow. So I went back and did uh, another degree in IT, which is like information system slash project management. So it really trained you how to look at it from a process and a business perspective. Mm -hmm. So I learned a lot from that sense. And then that helped me grow my career, grew my career a little bit. Then after, and then I, I pretty much somehow uh, joined the cybersecurity industry and I have been doing cybersecurity for the past 20 years. And at some point, I also realized that I've came to a point where my career, growing my career further would require me to, to actually go back to school and learn something new. So I decided that MBA was probably the right move and I did that. And so my career has progressed, has progressed a little bit further after I completed my MBA. I'm not saying that everyone should do that, mm -hmm. but what I have learned is that you always need to, you always take, you always have to take some time for yourself to actually sit down every two, three years and remap uh, the goals that you want to achieve for the next phase of your career. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.